We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 722 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Monday, December 18th, 2023, and it has finally happened. It is the Commanders having been officially eliminated from playoff contention this season. There will be no postseason appearance for the Commanders, for the Manders, in this 2023 NFL season. This is the 25th time over the last 31 seasons that Washington is not going to the NFL playoffs. Yes, 25 out of 31 seasons. 1993 through 2023. The only playoff seasons for Washington during that span are the 1999, 2005, 2007, 2012, 2015, and 2020 seasons. But the good news is that our commanders remain in possession of the number four overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. So, hey, (laughs) there is that. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment of the Al Galdi Podcast. We are a week away from Christmas. We are three games away from the end of this hideous Commander's season. Uh, They fell to 4-10 in this 2023 regular season with a 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday, a game in which quarterback Sam Howell was so bad He got benched in the fourth quarter in favor of Jacoby Brissett, who, yeah, was a lot better than Sam was, although Sam does remain the commander's starting quarterback. Coming up on the show, in-depth reaction to and analysis of what went down for the commanders at the Rams next segment. I will talk draft positioning, and I will talk head coach Ron Rivera, who's Firing is getting closer by the second. Uh, We over the weekend had a report speaking to that. I also will sound off on what to me truly has become a shining symbol of the player personnel failures for Washington in the Ron Rivera era. The struggles of the cheese man. (laughs) Long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, who in this loss at the Rams reached a new low 
And that was almost certainly done with Washington. I'll then give you my thoughts on the performances of Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett and why, yes, Sam does need to remain the Commander's QB1 the rest of this season. And I'll then hit on a variety of other items from this loss at the Rams, including finally a big game for receiver Terry McLaurin and yet another trash performance by the commander's trash defense. My God, is this defense bad. Uh, Also on the show, the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. I'll discuss the Capitals weekend, a 3-1 loss at the Nashville Predators on Saturday night, but then a 2-1 shootout win at the Carolina Hurricanes on Sunday evening. I'll examine the Wizards weekend, a surprising 137-123 win. Yes, I said win for the Wizards. Uh, This over the Indiana Pacers at Capital One Arena on Friday night. But then a 112-108 loss at the Phoenix Suns on Sunday night in a game in which the Wiz blew a 16-point second quarter lead. I have a college basketball segment for you, including breakdowns of dramatic wins for Georgetown and number 22, Virginia. And I have some college football for you, a Goldilocks preview and pick for Old Dominion, as we have ODU versus Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon at 2.30. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the commanders off their loss at the Rams. Email from Jim D. Rides Jim. I'm messaging you directly after the Cooper Cup bomb. In times like this, I have to remind myself that Josh Harris greenlit the process. He's going to build a winner, even if it means descending to the absolute gutter. Ron Rivera will be the head coach for the rest of this season. Let me be patient and wait for the changes to come at the end of the season. All that I know is that we need to nail this general manager hire. The future of our franchise depends on this hire. Uh, Thank you for the email, Jim. No doubt. Uh, There is no overstating the importance of who our commander's managing partner, who our leader, Josh Harris, has running Commander's football operations beyond this season. Such a big decision with such lasting implications. Uh, email from Marlon G. writes Marlon, Hey Al, happy belated birthday. Well, thank you, Marlon. Continues Marlon. Well, same S, different Sunday. <laughs> I wonder if Ron Rivera is going to be sitting next to his mailbox waiting for Josh Harris to send Ron his Super Bowl ring. Players are showing nothing in response to wanting to keep their jobs. Cameron Cheeseman has been trying to lose his job for weeks <laughs> with bad snaps, and yet he's still the long snap. A wasted draft pick. The two defensive backs who Ron drafted are getting cooked. Fedarian Mathis doesn't even see the field. Jahan Dodson is just doing cardio out there. He barely gets thrown to. Also, the Eric Bieniemy honeymoon is finally over. This offense reminds me of the Scott Turner days and Sam Howell just seems to be slowly regressing. I know that we're getting high draft picks, but at this point, the commanders will need another 20 draft picks because these players ain't it. Thank you for the email, Marlon. Uh, No, these players right now do not appear uh, to be it. And uh, our next segment will have more on that uh, Super Bowl ring quote (laughs) that Marlon referenced. Email from Dr. CCB, writes the doctor, our MVP gets crushed and nearly knocked out with a concussion due to the 1,000th low and or inaccurate snap 
by Cameron Cheeseman. This guy, a six-rounder who this team used a draft pick on, is a detriment to this team. Ron Rivera weeks ago said, quote, well, it is a concern more than anything else, and so we'll just continue to have Cameron snap, and until, unfortunately, something happens, then we'll decide from there, end quote. Well, I'd say that it's time to decide. Hey, Ron, does this classify as something happening? You gonna bring five more long snappers out again to fake push Cheeseman? Josh Harris, get this bum out of here along with Ron. Happy Draft Positioning Monday. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. CCB. Yes, a happy Draft Positioning Monday to you and everyone else. Hopefully, the commanders do wind up with a super high pick in the 2024 draft. All of this losing that we're enduring better be good for something, and hopefully that pick helps to fix what ails the commanders the way that the great Dr. George Verghese can fix whatever dermatological issue ails you. <laughs> Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologist. He is a big commander's fan, and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations in Waldorf, Maryland, Leonardtown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit Mid-Atlantic Skin Dot com. That's midatlanticskin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, before we get to the discussion of the Commander's actual game on Sunday, the 28-20 loss at the Los Los Angeles Rams. Let us discuss the draft positioning and the upcoming firings. <laughs> Few things scream that your NFL team is having a bad season more than after a game in mid-December talking about draft positioning and upcoming firings, but such is life. So 
The Commanders in this 2023 regular season now are 4-10. and 10. They, as of now, still would have the number four overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. We, on Sunday, did not get as many good results in our quest for the Commanders to have as high of a first-round pick in the 2024 Draft as possible, but we did get the result that mattered the most, and that is the Commanders losing. We also got the Carolina Panthers winning. Uh, that was good. They improved to 2-12 and 12 this regular regular season with a 9-7 win over the Atlanta Falcons. But the New England Patriots losing was bad. Uh, they fell to 3-11 this regular season with a 27-17 home loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Arizona Cardinals losing was bad. They fell to 3-11 this regular season with a 45-29 home loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Although, I mean, what did you expect, right? Patriots home to the Chiefs, Cardinals home to the 49ers. Like, yeah, you probably were staring right at Pats and Cardinals losses. Uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, them losing was bad. They fell to 5-9 and nine this regular season with a 2017 loss at the Cleveland Browns. The Bears in that game blew a 17-7 fourth quarter lead. Although, remember, the Commanders do have the Bears' 2024 second round pick via the trading of edge defender Montez Sweat to the Bears on Halloween. So the Bears losing is bad for the Commanders' first round pick, but is good for that second round pick. Uh, by the way, Montez in that loss at the Browns registered two and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, and a forced fumble. Uh, he has been really good for the Bears. Uh, now, next for the Commanders is a game at the New York Jets this Sunday afternoon, Christmas Eve afternoon at one. The Jets have until Wednesday to activate quarterback Aaron Rodgers off the reserve entered list, which he's been on since September 12th due to the torn left Achilles tendon that he suffered on the Jets' fourth offensive snap of this regular season. This happening in the Jets' 22-16 overtime win over the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football on September 11th. Uh, Rodgers actually playing again this season, of course, has been a storyline for months now. Uh, we on Saturday night had multiple reports that what happened with the Jets and their game at the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon would likely play a large role in whether Rodgers actually plays again this season. Well, the Jets on Sunday afternoon lost. Uh, they fell to 5-9 and nine this regular season with a 30-0 loss at the Miami Dolphins. And the Jets have been eliminated from playoff contention. So Aaron Rodgers playing again this season does seem unlikely. Uh, the big return happening in a game against the visiting commanders seems unlikely. Although there is more injury for the Jets at quarterback. They're starting quarterback for this loss at the Dolphins, Zach Wilson, uh, he was knocked out of the game in the second quarter due to a head injury. Trevor Simeon was the Jets quarterback for the rest of the game. Uh, the Jets' offense is horrible, but their defense is great. The Commanders losing at the Jets this Sunday afternoon it certainly should happen. You figure that Aaron Rodgers playing in the game would increase that likelihood, but it's not looking like he'll play in the game. We'll see. What, of course, is likely, what is supremely likely, what is as likely as the sun rising in the east tomorrow morning is Commander's managing partner Josh Harris firing head coach Ron Rivera no later than shortly after the end of the team's 2023 season. And we in the lead-up to the Commander's loss at the Rams had multiple items regarding the firing 
that everyone on the planet knows is coming. NFL insider Diana Rossini of The Athletic, she in a piece that came out on Saturday morning reported that, quote, at this point, it's understood around the building based on multiple people I have spoken with that Rod Rivera and some front office members will be fired since acquiring the team. New owner Josh Harris has had the vision to keep Rivera in place through the end of the season, then move on. It's really not a secret anymore. End quote. Uh, no, it is not a secret anymore. Uh, NFL insider Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, he in a piece that came out this past Wednesday morning said that, quote, I'm told Rivera is at peace with his Washington tenure and that people in the building are openly bracing for major changes. End quote. Uh, yes, people in the building should be openly bracing for changes. But, you know, Fowler saying that he has been told that Ron Rivera, quote, is at peace with his Washington tenure, end quote. I don't know about you, but that reminded me of what Ron told Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN for a piece that came out this past September 5th. Uh, said Ron in that piece regarding potentially being fired by Josh Harris. Quote, if we go 8-8-1 this year and he fires me and next year they win the division and 40 of the 53 players we drafted and it's the same quarterback, I'm vindicated. Send me my Super Bowl ring. That's the way I look at it. I want us to be right and to see this community have that excitement again, end quote. And of course, the implication from that quote is that Ron Rivera, as the head coach in, wait for it, a coach-centric approach, has done a good job of building the commander's roster, has put the pieces in place for the commander's to be a good team. That, hey, maybe things don't go so well in the 2023 season, for whatever reasons, but Ron has laid a foundation. Ron has set up the commanders to be good. Well, the brutality of this regular season for the commanders isn't just them being 4-10, with, oh, by the way, a point differential of minus 142, tied for the second worst point differential in the NFL. No, the brutality of this regular season for the Commanders is that the roster apparently is not close to being what we thought it was. You don't go 4-10 and with a point differential of minus 142 just via bad coaching. No, bad coaching and bad players make you 4-10 and with a point differential of minus 142. Ron Rivera over four years as Washington head coach in a, yes, coach-centric approach has not established a foundation for winning. That's the pain of this season as much as anything. The realization of just how bad the player personnel for the team in the Ron Rivera era has been is the pain of this season as much as anything. And does anything capture the bad player personnel more than the Cameron Cheeseman situation. Yeah, our guy, our homie, the Cheeseman. The commander's loss at the Rams on Sunday almost certainly was the final game for long snapper Cameron Cheeseman with the commanders. He had one screw-up after another. 
uh, no screw-up was bigger than the cheese man nearly getting punter Tressway killed uh, on a fourth and 18 for the commanders at their 31 with 39 seconds left in the second quarter. Cheeseman unleashed a horrendous snap that resulted in the football bouncing to Tress, who then got hurt in corralling the football. He hurt his back, also was evaluated for a concussion, did end up returning to the game, although I wonder if he wishes that he had not returned to the game. So that bad snap by the cheese man happened on an attempted punt by the commanders. But Cheeseman then unleashed a low snap on the extra point attempt that followed quarterback Sam Howell's touchdown passes. Third quarter, third and five, 19-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Curtis Samuel. Uh, Tressway, who of course also serves as the commander's holder, did capably handle that bad snap and kicker Joey Sly made the extra point attempt to cut the commander's deficit to 27. But then the cheese man unleashed another bad snap this a low snap on the extra point attempt that followed quarterback Jacoby Brissett's touchdown pass. His fourth and goal, three-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel with 146 left in the fourth quarter to cut the commander's deficit to 28-20. Uh, Joey Sly's ensuing extra point attempt was blocked thanks to that low snap by Cheeseman. Not one, not two, but three glaringly bad long snaps by the long snapper Cameron Cheeseman and Rod Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday evening very much indicated that the Cheeseman is done with the Commanders. Washington on day three of the 2021 NFL Draft, May 1st, 2021, traded a 2022 fifth-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for one of their 2021 six-round picks and one of the Eagles' 2021 seventh-round picks. Washington, with the six-round pick acquired via that trade with the Eagles, took a long snapper out of the University of Michigan named Cameron Cheeseman. It was bad enough that Washington spent a draft pick on a long snapper. From the second that Washington did this, I was against this, and we talked about this a bunch on the podcast. Uh, Something that an NFL team should almost never do is spend a draft pick on a special team specialist, a long snapper, a kicker, a punter. You can find those people via free agency, via the waiver wire. You don't spend a precious draft pick on a long snapper. But it was bad enough that Washington spent a draft pick on a long snapper. You then add to that that the draft pick that was spent on the long snapper was acquired via trade. And you add to that the fact that the long snapper has ended up being terrible. And my friends, what you have is player personnel ineptitude, player personnel malpractice at its finest. Now, in a vacuum, is it like the end of the world that Washington blew a six-round pick on a long snapper? No, but that's not the point. This was bad process in conjunction with bad player evaluation. I mean, think about this now. The team got it wrong with the cheese man, at least if he was a really good long snapper. You could say, hey, the team got itself a really good long snapper. You may not love the process, but hey, this guy is a really good long snapper. But no, he's a bad long snapper. So bad process in conjunction with bad player evaluation, a perfect microcosm for the bad player personnel for Washington 
in the Ron Rivera era. If only Ron's player personnel work for Washington was as good as the work that is done by Nova Fireplace and Stove. If you are in need of fireplace, stove, or chimney work and you live in Northern Virginia, get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales service and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Offer good while supplies last, but this is a tremendous deal. Nova Fireplace and Stove, it has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by big Commanders fans, my guys Daniel and Stewart, and it has outstanding professionals. Uh, whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master Gas Fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector. And because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need for any subcontractors. And Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom in Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a terrific website, NovaFireplaceAndStove.com. And take advantage of this great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571 571- 513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Join the Nova Fireplace and Stove family and experience the fireplace service and care that you deserve. Call 571-513-3803. That's 571-513-3803. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, Sunday was December 17th, 2023. It was the 15th anniversary of the death of arguably the greatest player in the history of the Commanders franchise. Heck, maybe the greatest player in NFL history, Sammy Ball. Slinging Sammy Ball. He died on December 17th, 2008 at the age of 94. Uh, Sammy Ball played for the Redskins for the 1937 through 1952 seasons. He, in his NFL career, played quarterback, tailback, defensive back, punter, and punt returner. Uh, Sammy Ball revolutionized football. He was the catalyst who truly made the forward pass a thing in the NFL. To me, Sammy Ball is to the NFL what Babe Ruth is to baseball, a two-way or, in Sammy's case, three-way player who forever changed his sport. Well, the Commanders franchise, again, has a starting quarterback named Sam. Uh, This guy's name is Sam Howell, and he right now is not playing well. Uh, In fact, he and the Commanders' 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday played so poorly that he got benched and his replacement came into the game and looked quite good. 
But let's make this very clear. Sam Howell should remain the commander's QB1 for the rest of the season. Uh, what I wanted going into this season was for Sam Howell to be the team's QB1 for the entire season. And I am not wavering on that. Uh, Sam should remain the commander's QB1 for the rest of this season. And it sounds like that is happening, although I guess that could change if he is really bad in the commander's next game, this game at the New York Jets this Sunday afternoon at one. Uh, But Sam at the Rams was bad. There's no denying that. Uh, He went just 11 of 26 for just 102 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He took one sack. He had three carries for 22 yards. And then Jacoby Brissett, was inserted into the game with the Commanders trailing 28-7 with 9.05 left in the fourth quarter. And Jacoby played well. He went 8 of 10 for 124 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions and took no sacks. And he had two carries for nine yards. But we, during head coach Rod Rivera's postgame press conference on Sunday evening, had the following back and forth between Commanders insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post and Ron. Ron, what was the decision to say? Well, just really kind of take care of them a little bit. You know, when you get in that situation and they had their ears pinned back like that, you know, didn't want to see anything crazy happen. Is he still your starting Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Why is that? Because I decided he's our starting quarterback. So there you go, Ron Rivera saying that Sam Howell still is the commander's starting quarterback. Uh, Sam absolutely still should be the commander's starting quarterback, but... He's not playing well. And what I wanted and what I know so many of you wanted, Sam this season playing well to where the team exits this season with a legitimate QB1 moving forward, that's not happening right now. Uh, Now, we'll see how Sam does over the Commander's final three games this regular season, assuming that he plays in all three of those games, and he should. But understand, this game at the Rams, at least in terms of opposing defense, offered Sam the best opportunity to have a good game the rest of this regular season. The Rams for this regular season through Week 14 were just 23rd out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA. The commanders in each of their final three games of this regular season are facing a team that through Week 14 ranked in the top five in the NFL in total defense per DVOA for this regular season. The New York Jets, number three, the San Francisco 49ers, number four, and the Dallas Cowboys, number five. If Sam was bad in facing the Rams' mediocre defense, how the heck is he going to do in facing the great defenses of the Jets, Niners, and Cowboys? But you know, if Sam Howell isn't going to be good for the rest of this commander's season, then the truth is that what is best for the commanders is for him to be bad. Uh, It's really one extreme or the other. Either be so good to where you are the QB1 moving forward, or be so bad to where the commanders wind up with a top four or higher first round pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And right now, the latter scenario is what is happening. Uh, A lot of bad from Sam Howell in this loss at the Rams. His final snap of the game resulted in an interception. Uh, Sam on the lone snap of the commander's ninth offensive drive and on what turned out to be his 
final snap of the game through an interception on an early fourth quarter, first and 10 for the commanders at their 25. Sam on an off schedule shotgun pass through off running to his right, but he threw high to his target receiver, Terry McLaurin. The ball went off Terry's left hand, then went off Terry's right hand, then went off linebacker Christian Roseboom, and then was caught by defensive back John Johnson III for the interception. Uh, Sam on the commander's sixth offensive drive had a near pick. Uh, This was the commander's first offensive drive of the second half. The drive resulted in a third quarter punt, the seventh snap of the drive, third and five for the commanders at the Rams 44. Sam had a near pick on a shotgun and completion intended for Terry McLaurin as Sam ended up throwing into double coverage and the pass was nearly intercepted by defensive back Akello Witherspoon. Uh, Sam had multiple bad third down incompletions as the commanders for the game went a putrid three of 14 on third downs. So Sam on the commander's third offensive drive had a misfire on third down. Uh, the drive started at the commander's eight uh, due to corner Kendall Fuller's second quarter fumble recovery of safety. Percy Butler's forced fumble, but the drive resulted in a second quarter three and down. Third snap of the drive, third and four for the commanders at their 14. Sam in the midst of a collapsing pocket overthrew, running back Jonathan Williams on a shotgun screen pass. And Williams did not appear to be ready for the throw. Now, part of the problem on the play was that Williams, while running his route, got bumped into by right guard Samuel Cosme, who was pushed back big time by interior defensive lineman Aaron Donald. But Sam on the commander's fourth offensive drive was late on a throw on a third down in completion. This drive resulted in a second quarter three and out. Third snap of the drive, the first snap after the first half, two-minute warning on a late second quarter, third and four for the commanders at their 32. Sam was late on his throw on what was a shotgun incompletion intended for Terry McLaurin, who actually was in the process of making the catch, but the ball was jarred loose via a hit by edge defender Michael Hoyt. Uh, Sam on the commander's second offensive drive had a tough incompletion to conclude the drive, which resulted in a late first quarter turnover on downs. The 14th snap of the drive and the uh, third to last snap of the first quarter, fourth and one for the commanders at the Rams 12. Sam had a shotgun sprint out incompletion uh, thanks to a pass defense by edge defender Nick Hampton, who was not adequately blocked by Jonathan Williams. So Sam on the play was throwing to tight end Logan Thomas, who was wide open for a first down. But you hated to see a pass like that get batted uh, as it was. Uh, Sam gets a lot of passes batted. He's got to be better at finding throwing lanes, even in circumstances that are not ideal. Uh, Sam Howell in this loss at the Rams had just a few good plays. The touchdown pass was nice. Third quarter, third and five, 19-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel. But let's be honest, Curtis was wide open in the end zone. Uh, Sam's most impressive play on that drive came on its fourth snap on a fourth and three for the commanders at the Rams 41. Sam had a 17-yard shotgun off schedule completion to Terry McLaurin off Sam running to his right. That was really good. And Sam on the commander's second offensive drive had two nice third down scrambles and a big fourth down completion. The drive resulted in a late first quarter turnover on downs, but the fifth snap of the drive, third and five for the commanders at their 41. Sam had a six-yard shotgun scramble for a first down. Ninth snap of the drive, third and 15 for the commanders at their 42. Sam had a 13-yard shotgun scramble. Tenth snap of the drive, fourth and two for the commanders at the Rams 45. Sam had a great 24-yard shotgun completion to Terry McLaurin off stepping up in the pocket. 
and Sam keeping his eyes downfield. But otherwise, a really bad game for Sam Howell, who seems to be doing almost all of his good work on off-schedule plays, you know, either off-schedule passes or scrambles. Uh, In terms of like on-schedule completions, it doesn't feel like we're seeing a lot of those here from Sam Howell in recent weeks. And making his performance on Sunday look even worse was how well Jacoby Brissett did. Jacoby Brissett has been the commander's QB2 for this entire regular season. He, over the commander's first 12 games this regular season, did not play on a single snap, but he now has played in each of the last two games. So he and the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on December 3rd came into the game super late, uh, executed three under center handoffs to running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. over the final three snaps of the game. And Jacoby in this loss at the Rams on Sunday they got the commanders back in the game. Uh, Jacoby, on his first drive of the game, what was the commanders' 10th offensive drive, went 4 of 4 for 53 yards and a touchdown, which was a second and one 29 yard shotgun touchdown bomb to Terry McLaurin with 7.17 left in the fourth quarter. Terry on the play made a terrific leaping catch in the end zone on a pass that was underthrown, but still a touchdown pass and the ensuing extra point cut the commander's deficit to 28-14. Jacoby Brissett on that drive also, by the way, had a nine-yard shotgun scramble. And Jacoby on his second drive of the game, what was the commander's 11th offensive drive, went 4-6 for 71 yards and a touchdown. First snap of the drive, first and 10 for the commanders at their 35. Jacoby had a 16-yard shotgun completion to Terry McLaurin, despite taking a quarterback hit. Second snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Rams 49. Jacoby had a 48-yard shotgun completion on a bomb to Terry, despite Terry being interfered with by defensive back Darian Kendrick. 11th snap of the drive, fourth and goal at the three. Jacoby, a three-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel with 146 left in the fourth quarter on a bullet of a throw to cut the commander's deficit to 28-20. Now, kicker Joey Sly's ensuing extra point attempt was blocked as the long snapper, the cheese man, Cameron Cheeseman, uh, got off a low snap, but really good work by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Now, it did take way too long for the Commanders to score the touchdown off the 48-yard completion to Terry. The Commanders were really bad on short yardage runs, and Ron Rivera wasted 20-plus seconds. First and goal for the Commanders at the 1 with 227 left in the fourth quarter. Chris Rodriguez Jr. had an I-formation handoff run for minus two yards. The play ended with about 222 left in the fourth quarter. Ron then let the clock run down to the two-minute warning. I mean, 20-plus seconds just gifted away. Now, I did not want the Commanders to win the game, but Ron presumably did want the Commanders to win the game, and this was a major time management screw-up by Ron. Uh, But anyway, this was Sam Howell during his post-game press conference on Sunday evening on Jacoby Brissett playing well. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what it takes to, to play good court, to play this position well in this league. And, you know, I, I, obviously I've seen a lot of guys do it. Jacoby played well. Um, he's a really good football player and he's shown that throughout his career. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, you know, watch him, you know, work the offense and, you know, we were, we were kind of those two minute drills in those times and he, and he did a good job of executing those situations and, and the plays that were called. Um, so yeah, for sure, always trying to learn and get better and he's a great one to learn from. All right, and here was Jacoby Brissett during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday evening on Sam Howell. 
Like, this isn't a product of who he is. As a man, he's a good kid. I mean, he's top 10 in the league in passing for a reason. You know what I mean? He's a good player. Uh, you know, it was just that point in the game where it's just like, like, just get ready for next week, you know? And, and uh, like I told him, like, man, like, he's going to be a good player in this league for a long time. Like, this this shouldn't discourage him or, or anything. Like, I'm, that's like my little brother, man. I always have his back. And, and uh, you know, I, literally every time off the, off the field, I was talking to him because, you know, like, I know how this moment could feel. You know, I've been in, in these similar situations, you know, maybe a little different, but a similar situation. And, and the key is just, you know, you just can't lose, can't be discouraged, can't lose confidence. And, and I'm sure he won't. And I'm, I'm sure he'll come back and be better from this. Well, classy stuff from Jacoby Brissett, who has a great reputation when it comes to being a teammate. People rave about Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, Sam Howell needs to remain the commander's starting quarterback for the rest of this season. And also, yeah, uh, he's not doing well right now. Uh, Making him remaining as the commander's starting quarterback for the rest of this season, actually all the more important, either for him to work his way out of the struggles or for the struggles to do us some good, (laughs) to get us a 2024 first round pick that can be used on a potential franchise quarterback. Well, Whenever the day comes that the commanders or whatever the team's name happens to be at that point uh, have a franchise quarterback, we will want to throw a party. And catering that party, without question, will be Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown, it is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations, whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And say hello to Michael Pereira. He and the rest of the Catering by Uptown family want to wish you and your family a happy holiday season and a healthy and prosperous new year. The Pereiras are great and knowledgeable Commanders fans and will do a tremendous job for you. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now from the Commander's 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. It was good to see receiver Terry McLaurin finally have a big game this season. Boy, did he need that. Uh, Terry had his first regular season game with more than 90 receiving yards since the 20-all tie at the New York Giants on December 4th. 2022, more than 12 months ago. Terry, in this loss at the Rams, had six receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. The 141 yards, the most receiving yards ever for Terry 
in a regular season NFL game, and he drew a key penalty. He drew a defensive pass interference penalty. Terry on the commander's 11th offensive drive, which resulted in quarterback Jacoby Brissett's fourth and goal, three-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Curtis Samuel with 146 left in the fourth quarter to cut the commander's deficit to 28-20, drew a key penalty. Terry on a fourth and goal for the commanders at the seven, drew a six-yard defensive pass interference penalty by defensive back Darian Kendrick. Uh, Yeah, Jacoby Brissett came into the game and Jacoby opened up like a whole new world (laughs) for Terry. Terry over Jacoby's two drives in the game had three receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown on three targets. So Terry had not had a regular season game with more than 90 receiving yards since December 4th, 2022. And yet Terry just over Jacoby's two drives in this game, had 93 receiving yards. Think about that. There's no doubt that something between Terry McLaurin and quarterback Sam Howell has been off. Uh, Jacoby Brissett connecting so quickly and so emphatically with Terry McLaurin did not make Sam look good. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I mentioned him, uh, another good game for him this season. Five receptions for 41 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets. He did have a drop, but the drop came on a difficult play. And Curtis is having a nice season, what is a contract season for him. Uh, Lackluster game for receiver Jahan Dotson. One reception for 12 yards on one target. Uh, Lackluster game for tight end Logan Thomas. One reception for 70 yards on three targets. And he committed a third and goal at the one 10-yard offensive pass interference penalty on that drive. That resulted in the Jacoby Brissett touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel. Uh, Running back Brian Robinson Jr., in fact, did not play in this game. He was inactive due to the hamstring injury that he suffered in the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on December 3rd. Uh, The commander's rushing offense in this loss at the Rams was not good. Uh, Running backs Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez Jr., and Jonathan Williams combined for 15 carries for just 48 yards. The commanders on Saturday afternoon announced that they had elevated Jonathan Williams from the practice squad for this game. He had one carry for minus two yards and had no receptions on one target, and he suffered a concussion. Uh, And speaking of injuries, offensive line injuries for the commanders in this game. Left tackle Charles Leno Jr. left the game due to a calf injury. Center Tyler Larson left the game due to a knee injury. Uh, As for the commander's defense in this uh, 28-20 loss at the Rams on Sunday. Well, this was game number two for the commanders with head coach Rod Rivera as defensive coordinator. And the defense was really bad once again. You wonder what fired (laughs) defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio is thinking. Honestly, I don't care all that much anymore about this commander's defense. It is awful. It is going to be revamped. Uh, I don't know that it really matters anymore what this commander's defense does, but the extent of how bad the defense is really is something. Uh, The commanders allowed Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford to go 25 of 33 for 258 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He had a yards per pass attempt of 7.82, had a completion percentage of 75.8. The commanders allowed Stafford to begin the game at 12 of 12 
for 111 yards, including 5 of 5 for 68 yards on third downs. And his first incompletion was the throwaway. And uh, how about yet another embarrassing screw-up by the commander's secondary? The commanders on the second offensive snap of the second half gave up yet another massive touchdown pass on a first and 10 for the Rams at their 38 with 14-16 left in the third quarter. We had a big-time breakdown in the commander's secondary, resulting in receiver Cooper Cup being wide open, and I mean wide open, for a 62-yard under-center play-action touchdown pass by Stafford to Cup. The ensuing extra point gave the Rams a 20 nothing lead. What is wrong with this commander secondary to where it consistently has these amazing breakdowns, these spectacular breakdowns resulting in these ultra-explosive plays. Uh, also, the commander's run defense in this game was bad. Uh, they allowed Rams running back Kyron Williams to have 27 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. Now, Williams did have two lost fumbles, but you go back to the Rams' first offensive drive, 11 plays, 77 yards consumed, six minutes, 32 seconds off the clock, resulted in kicker Lucas Hever six, a first quarter 22 yard field goal for a 3 0 Rams lead. Kyron Williams on that drive, four carries for 42 yards, including a first and 10 27 yard under center handoff run on which he got corner Kendall Fuller all kinds of confused to where Williams ran behind Fuller. And the Rams did end up icing the game via the run. The commanders could not stop the run on what ended up being the Rams' final offensive drive. It ended up being the final drive of the game. Now, the good from the Commanders' defense was the generating of these two lost fumbles. The Commanders had gone four consecutive games without generating a takeaway. They, in the second quarter of this loss at the Rams, generated two takeaways, both via Kyron Williams. Takeaway number one by the Commanders on a second quarter, first and 10 for the Rams at the Commanders' 21. Safety Percy Butler on an 11-yard under center handoff run by Kyron Williams had a forced fumble in quarter. Kendall Fuller had the fumble recovery and takeaway number two by the Commanders on a late second quarter, second and four for the Rams at the Commanders 45 quarter. Benjamin St. Juice on a four-yard reception by Kyron Williams had a force fumble and safety Cameron Curl had the fumble recovery. So nice to see that. I mean, two takeaways, you'll take that. But the Commanders did not score a single point off those two takeaways. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, the Capitals now have registered at least one point in five of their last six games. Uh, Two games for the Caps over the weekend. Saturday night, a 3-1 loss at the Nashville Predators to snap a four-game point streak for the Caps. But Sunday evening, a 2-1 shootout win at the Carolina Hurricanes as third-line center Evgeny Kuznetsov, who in that loss at the Predators returned from a one-game absence caused by illness, scored the lone goal in the shootout, and he scored that goal (laughs) via one of the best things in the NHL, the koozie crawl, uh, his ultra-slow shootout shot. The koozie crawl is money. Kuznetsov now is 28 of 63 on regular season shootout attempts in his NHL career, good for first in Caps history in regular season shootout conversion rate 444 among all players each with at least 15 regular season shootout attempts. The koozie crawl cannot be stopped. Uh, the Caps, uh, they for this NHL regular season now are 15-9-4. and four. And a good job by the Caps of getting two points via this 2-1 shootout win at the Hurricanes in the second game of a back-to-back with both games on the road. Now, the elephant in the room for the Caps is what is happening with Alex Ovechkin, uh, the grade eight, the Caps, a top line left wing. He now has an NHL career worst regular season goal drought of 13 games. Uh, this is not good. And if you're watching these Caps games, Ovi is looking slow. He's also not generating hits like we're used to seeing. And yet he is doing some good things on offense. Uh, the 3-1 loss at the Predators on Saturday night. Ovechkin in that game committed a third period slashing minor. Yes, but he did have a secondary assist and he did have a game high six shots on goal and a game high 14 total shot attempts. Uh, The 2-1 shootout win at the Hurricanes on Sunday evening. Ovechkin had a team-high tying four shots on goal and had a game-high tying three hits, so he did have some hits in that game. Uh, And he was tied for number two on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 53.33. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 16 shot attempts versus allowing 14 shot attempts. So it's not all bad with Alex Ovechkin right now, but the 13-game goal drought absolutely stands out. He, for this regular season, what is his age, 38 season, has just five goals. Uh, You hope like heck that we're not finally seeing the steep decline of the grade eight, but 
it's hard not to wonder. Uh, the goaltending for the Caps over the weekend, the 3-1 loss at the Predators on Saturday night. Charlie Lindgren again was the Caps starting goaltender, eighth time in 14 games since Darcy Kemper returned from injury. Lindgren stopped 20 of the 23 shots on goal that he faced. He per natural stat trick stopped just four of the seven high danger shots on goal that he faced. But the 2-1 shootout win at the Hurricanes on Sunday evening, Darcy Kemper was the Caps starting goaltender just the seventh time in 15 games since returning from injury. And Kemper was good. He stopped 28 of the 29 shots on goal that he faced. And he stopped both of the shots on goal that he faced in the shootout. Kemper, per natural stat trick, stopped all six of the high danger shots on goal that he faced. It was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday evening on Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I thought Kemp's um, was a difference maker tonight, and and we we talked about that before the game as well as we needed a few difference makers, and I thought he was right at the top of the list. Um, made some big saves early on, has the breakaway save, um, a bunch of on on the penalty kill where, and even those scrums where there's pucks around, there's secondary chances and that. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Yes, he was. Uh, a mixed weekend for the Caps on special teams. They end that 3-1 loss at the Predators on Saturday night. Went just 2-3 on the penalty kill, but did go 1-4 on the power play. Third line right wing TJ Oshie scored a power play goal 5-16 into the second period. Uh, now, Oshie did not play in the 2-1 shootout win at the Hurricanes on Sunday evening due to a lower body injury. So Oshie is injured again, uh, but the Caps in that game 5 of 5 on the penalty kill did go 0 at 2 on the power play. So the Caps now for this NHL regular season are 8 of 82 on the power play. Uh, next up for the Caps, home to the New York Islanders Wednesday night at 7.30 in the first game of another back-to-back. The Caps are at the Metropolitan Division Worst Columbus Blue Jackets Thursday night at 7. Oh, what could have been for our tanking Wizards over the weekend. Uh, They nearly pulled off two wins over good teams, but uh, alas, that was not to be. Uh, Friday night, a 137-123 win over the Indiana Pacers at Capital One Arena as the Wizards snapped a six-game losing streak. Now, (laughs) we for this game had a mid-court logo that read District of Columbia, and the Wizards for this game wore jerseys that read the District of Columbia, paying homage to the Wizards playing their home games at Capital One Arena in D.C. Of course, all of this a mere two days after the announced agreement for a new arena in the uh, Potomac Yard area of Alexandria, Virginia, for Wizards and Capitals home games beginning with the team's 2028-2029 seasons. But I tell you, this win over the Pacers on Friday night really was a stunning win. Uh, The Wizards led by double-digit points for the entire second half, a truly dominant victory for our tanking Wizards. Uh, Now, the Wizards' defense in this game was not anything special, but their offense was tremendous. The Wizards on Friday night scored 137 points, including 39 points in the second quarter and 39 points in the third quarter. The Wizards went 13-27 on threes, 39-65 on twos, and 20-26 on free throws. The Wizards totaled 36 assists, uh, did commit 19 turnovers, but still really good offense 
by the Wizards in this win over the Pacers. But then on Sunday night, a 112-108 loss at the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so the Wizards now in this NBA regular season are 4-21. and uh, The Wizards in this loss at the Suns blew a 16-point second quarter lead. Uh, They lost the fourth quarter 31-19. The Wizards in the fourth quarter went 0 of 10 on threes and just 7 to 17 on twos. Jordan Poole in that fourth quarter 0 of 4 on threes, just 1 of 3 on twos. The Wizards for the game just 14 of 46 on threes, although the Suns went just 7 of 31 on threes. This was an odd game. Uh, Kyle Kuzma went just 3 of 13 on threes. Jordan Poole went just 2 of 9 on threes, but the Wizards held Devin Booker to just 3 of 11 on threes, held the pride of Prince George's County, Maryland, Kevin Durant, to 0 of 2 on threes. Uh, Also, the Wizards in this loss at the Suns uh, lost despite a monster game from Daniel Gafford. Gafford on Sunday night had one of his best games of the season. He in 35 minutes, six seconds as a starter went 10 to 13 from the field, all twos and six to seven on free throws. He finished with 26 points, 17 rebounds, including seven offensive boards, three assists, versus one turnover and two blocks. Gafford in that fourth quarter scored 11 of the Wizards' 19 points and had eight rebounds, including five offensive rebounds. Now, look, there were a lot of opportunities <laughs> for offensive rebounds with how many threes that the Wizards missed, uh, but still really good stuff from Daniel Gafford on Sunday night. But I tell you, what stuck with me as much as anything with this Wizards loss at the Suns on Sunday night was who did not play in the game Former wizard Bradley Beal. Uh, he did not play due to a sprained right ankle. Bradley Beal has played in just six of the Suns' 26 games this regular season. He is having yet another injury ravaged season. Now, I don't root against Bradley Beal, but remember, the Wizards in resigning Beal in July 2022 to the five year, $251 million Supermax contract gave him $50 plus million per season, in addition to inexplicably giving him the only no trade clause in an NBA contract at the time. Well, Beal just cannot stay healthy. We saw that over his final few seasons with the Wizards, and his lack of durability has like shot up with the Suns. Again, he has played in just six of the Suns' 26 games this regular season. Next up for the Wizards at the Sacramento Kings, Monday night at 10. We've spent the last two segments talking Capitals and Wizards. Underdog fantasy is great, not just for fantasy football, pro and college, but also fantasy basketball, pro and college, and fantasy hockey. Uh, the daily pick'em games are super easy and fun. The season-long fantasy is simple. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball, daily drafts, and pick'em. Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential 
to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Well, we move now to college basketball, and I am happy to say that Georgetown this season already has equaled its win total for all of last season. How about the Hoyas? Uh, Ed Cooley, in his first season as Hoyas head coach, has the team at 7-4 and four overall, a 72-68 overtime win at Notre Dame on Saturday afternoon. What was the Hoyas' first non-conference road win since a 91-74 win at SMU on December 7th, 2019, <laughs> it had been more than four years since Georgetown had won a non-conference road game. And the Hoyas won on Saturday afternoon despite their best player, 6-2 Illinois transfer Jaden Epps, not playing for a second consecutive game due to illness. Uh, this was a wild game. The Hoyas overcame a nine-point first-half deficit, blew a nine-point second-half lead, got a game-tying contested driving bucket from 6-4 Texas transfer Rowan Brumbaugh from the right block with 1.2 seconds left in the second half to tie the game at 62 and then won the overtime. 10-6. The Hoyas' defense was mixed. Uh, They held Notre Dame to just 8-32 on threes, but did allow Notre Dame to go 18-34 on twos and score 30 points in the paint as the Hoyas got outscored in the paint 30-14. But the Hoyas did a really good job of defending without fouling as Notre Dame totaled just 13 free throw attempts. It went just 8-13 on free throws. Uh, The Hoyas' offense was mixed, too. They had five players each with at least 10 points. Uh, The Hoyas went 10-22 on threes, but just a 12 of 31 on twos. The Hoyas did do a good job of generating free throws. The Hoyas had 23 free throw attempts, went 18 to 23 on free throws, but the Hoyas also committed 15 turnovers. So a lot to take in. The star of the game to me was 6'10", four-star true freshman Drew Fielder. Uh, Drew Fielder is an Ed Cooley get. Fielder originally committed to Cooley's former employer, Providence, then decommitted to Providence and joined Cooley at Georgetown. And Fielder, in this overtime win at Notre Dame, came up big as a reserve. He, in 23 minutes off the bench, went four of five on threes, one of two on twos, and two of two on free throws. He finished with 16 points and three rebounds. A great win for the Hoyas. Next up for Georgetown is its Big East opener, Hoyas at Butler, Tuesday evening 
at 6.30. Also, with a close win on Saturday, was number 22, Virginia. It improved to 9-1 and overall this season with a 56-54 win over Northeastern at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Saturday evening. The Cavs overcame a 13-point second half deficit. Yeah, they at home were down by 13 points to Northeastern, which, yes, does have a talented big in this guy, 6'7", Chris Doherty, and yes, has had the same head coach in Bill Cohen for years. He was hired as Northeastern head coach in April 2006, but still, Northeastern came into this game just 4-6 and six overall this season. The Cavs won despite having a really bad game offensively. They went just 2 of 14 on threes and just 10 of 18 on free throws. Did go 20 of 39 on twos, but the Cavs scored just four points over the first eight and a half minutes of the game. (laughs) The score with 11 and a half minutes left in the first half was Northeastern 16, Virginia 4. But the Wahoos defense was good. Uh, They held Northeastern to just 6 of 23 on threes and to just three free throw attempts the entire game. And Northeastern went 0 of 3 on free throws. So the Hoos did allow Northeastern to go 18 to 28 on twos. But the Hoos generated 17 Northeastern turnovers. The Hoos committed just five turnovers and outscored Northeastern in points off turnovers 19 10. The MVP of the game by far was 6 3 Reese Beekman, who was so valuable to UVA in so many ways. He connected on the shot of the game a tie breaking contested driving bucket from near the right block for a 56 54 UVA lead with. seconds left in the second half. Beekman scored 21 of UVA's 56 points. He in 33 minutes, 45 seconds as a starter, went 0-2 on threes, 9 of 16 on twos, and 3 of 4 on free throws. He finished with 21 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists versus 1 turnover and 2 steals. Here was UVA head coach Tony Bennett during his postgame press conference on Saturday night on Reese Beekman. Yeah, I joked with him. I said I should have sprinted and gotten the game ball for him um, and given it to him. I don't know where it went. So, uh, but Reese didn't seem too uh, concerned about that. So, uh, but no, I, I thought Reese was terrific. He um, he made the plays. He, you know, I tell you, he started picking up the ball and his defensive on-ball pressure was there. But then he's you know down the stretch, a couple of the buckets he made, the pass he made to Ryan, and touching the paint and um, getting after it. And I thought we we upped the ante defensively and. And again, Northeastern, I knew that watching them. Uh, Bill does a great job with them as a coach. I think he's been there 18 years. And and how they run their stuff and how they use Doherty kind of as like a, you know, a, a, a center, but a point center that kind of backs down and good stuff um, was good. And, you know, we went to trap the post early because we weren't sure if we could guard them. And boy, they just, they had that floor space. Boom, made a couple threes. And we were unsound defensively. Um, for stretches of the first half and then a little bit in the second half but but that was our only chances to toughen up and then someone needed to make some plays and um, you know we looked um, they did a good job on both ends good team well coached of course and um, we just got to keep improving Yes, you do. Uh, UVA for this season as of games through Saturday was number two in Division One in adjusted defensive efficiency per KenBalm.com, but was number 122 in Division One in adjusted offensive efficiency per KenPalm.com. Adjusted defensive efficiency is points allowed per 100 possessions adjusted for opponents. Adjusted offensive efficiency is points per 100 possessions adjusted for opponents. Uh, Next up for Virginia at Memphis 
this Tuesday night at 7. So dramatic wins for Georgetown and Virginia on Saturday. Blowout wins for Virginia Tech and number 20 James Madison on Saturday. Although the wins came in very different ways. Virginia Tech improved to 8-3 and three overall this season with a 73-51 route of Vermont at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Saturday. The Hokies never trailed in this game. They led by at least 17 points for the entire second half. Another good game for 6'10 center Lynn Kidd. He in just 24 minutes as a starter went 4-7 from the field, all twos and 9 of 11 on free throws. He finished with 17 points and 11 rebounds, including four offensive boards. Did have one assist versus three turnovers, but Lynn Kidd for this season as of games through Saturday was number 10 among all qualified players in Division One in field goal percentage at 67.05. Next up for Virginia Tech, home to American University of Washington, D.C., uh, Thursday evening at 5. Well, tied for number 11 among all qualified players in Division I in field goal percentage for this season as of games through Saturday was James Madison, 6'9", Boston College transfer, T.J. Bickerstaff, 66.67. Uh, number 20, James Madison, the Dukes, uh, they improved to 10-0 and overall this season with an 88-71 win at Hampton on Saturday afternoon. Continue Continuing the best start to a season in JMU men's basketball history. Now, James Madison deep into the first half, trolled by 10 points at 37-27, but the Dukes then went on a 61-26 run for a 25-point lead at 88-63 deep into the second half. Quite the eruption. Uh, six JMU players each scored at least 10 points. Not among them was arguably James Madison's best player, 6'6", Terrence Edwards Jr. He went scoreless, and yet the Duke still won by 17 points. Uh, next up for James Madison, home to Coppin State Tuesday night at 7. And if you are looking for tickets to a college basketball game for you or for someone else as a gift, this holiday season, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. What makes Game Time great is its best price guarantee. So you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. Game Time's best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. Uh, also, Game Time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time which is offering a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
And before we call it a show, we have some college football to get to, a Goldilocks preview and pick for Old Dominion, uh, the Monarchs versus Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl <laughs> at Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon at 2.30. ODU per Crab Sports is minus three and a half. Uh, ODU versus WKU, uh, a battle of former Conference USA foes. Old Dominion this season, 6-6 six and six overall, 5-3 and three in the Sunbelt Conference. The Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, they this season are 7-5 and five overall and 5-3 and three in Conference USA. This season for the Monarchs has featured a lot of close games. In fact, this season's ODU team is the first FBS team since the 2000 season to play 10 one-score games in a 12-game season. Uh, Old Dominion does have some very good defensive players. Uh, linebacker Jason Henderson, he entered bowl season at number one in the FBS and tackles this season at 170 and number one in the FBS and tackles per game this season, 14.2. The problem for the Monarchs has been their offense. Uh, ODU came into bowl season 122nd out of 133 FBS teams this season in offensive efficiency per ESPN. Dead last, by the way, was Navy, which on Friday afternoon announced that Grant Chestnut was out as offensive coordinator. Uh, Old Dominion head coach Ricky Ronnie, he this season has gone back and forth between Grant Wilson and Jake Shields as the team starting quarterback. Uh, Wilson has started 10 of the Monarchs' 12 games, but both Wilson and Shields have had a major sack problem. ODU entered bowl season having taken an FBS worst 61 sacks this season. If you go by the rankings on NCAA.com, which had 130 FBS teams instead of 133 FBS teams. The concern with Western Kentucky, if you're an Old Dominion fan, is the Hilltoppers quarterback, Austin Reed. He entered bowl season tied for fifth among all FBS quarterbacks this season in touchdown passes with 31. Now, his rate stats for this season are not great. Uh, yards per pass attempt of just 7-11, a completion percentage of just 61.5, and he entered bowl season just 62nd among all qualified FBS quarterbacks this season. Season in ESPN's total QBR, but Austin Reed can find the end zone. Uh, he also does not take sacks. Uh, he has taken just seven sacks all season. Compare that with Grant Wilson, who has taken 51 sacks this season. I credit Old Dominion for finding a way to get to bowl game. The Monarchs were in rough shape after a three-game losing streak, but they then notched back-to-back wins to conclude the regular season to become bowl eligible. And the last win was crazy, a 25-24 win over Georgia State at S.B. Ballard Stadium in Norfolk, Virginia on November 25th. ODU in that game overcame a 21-0 halftime deficit and overcame a 24-14 fourth quarter deficit with three scores over the final one minute, 37 seconds of the game. Public money is heavily on Old Dominion, but I do like Western Kentucky. Give me the Hilltoppers plus three and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tuesday show, episode 723. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders as we on Monday expect to have the Day after the game press conference of head coach Rod Rivera off his team falling to 4-10 and 10 
in this 2023 NFL regular season with the 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Also on Tuesday's show, I'll talk Wizards. The Wizards are at the Sacramento Kings Monday night at 10. And I, on Tuesday's show, will hit on whatever happens with Old Dominion football in its bowl game, ODU versus Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon at 2.30. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Because I decided he's our starting quarterback. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.